She's helped parents do it better since her days at New York One. Now, she helps you hack the parenting code one tip at a time. Shelly Goldberg and the Parenting Express, exclusively on Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, coming up uh, yet today on the broadcast, Betsy McCoy is going to be with us. Uh, looking forward to talking with her. It's been a while. But first, we want to take a time out from the headlines. And we want to focus on becoming a better parent. For just the next few minutes, one idea that's going to help you. And here to help us with that is Shelly Goldberg, uh, who is with us each week helping us in this arena. And Shelly, you've got some, some ideas about how we can help the educational process with our kids this week. That's correct, Kevin, because my message, my strong message is always, don't wait for the class field trip. Don't wait for your kid's teacher or the school to do amazing and fabulous things, because maybe they will. Maybe they won't, but there are so many things that as a parent and a grandparent that you can do to enhance your child's education. And in fact, when you look at the childhoods of successful and creative people, Kevin, I would almost guarantee you that there were so many intensive learning experiences and exploring that was going on outside of the classroom. So there are a number of things, again, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, you can do. Here's a list of some of them. And there's a great website. Also, they're on Twitter, Rebel Educator, R-E-B-E-L, rebeleducator.com, or on Twitter. They provide curriculum ideas for parents. Some of the things you can do. Number one, mom and dad, plan a budget. That means give your kids a certain amount, a set amount, $50, $25, and then just set them free to figure out how they can plan a family, uh, family vacation, or a Saturday filled with tons of great activities, maybe a dinner, and let them detail it, how they see spending you know, each dollar of the, of the $50. Then discuss it over dinner and see which of your kids has the best idea or the one that really works. Um, next, read aloud. We're all reading to our kids when they go to sleep at night. This is about reading aloud, a skill that's very often forgotten. You can do it at breakfast, over the weekend. Try different themes, Kevin. It could be poetry, uh, quotations, um, an autobiography. It's great because it creates bonding with all the family members, but it's also wonderful for intonation, the power of your voice, public speaking, conveying emotion. So try doing a read aloud, you know, maybe uh, a few times a week. Three, play math games. Especially with younger kids, Kevin, get out that jar that has the pennies, nickels, you know, quarters and the dimes and, and play the game. What would you rather have, Jonathan? Three dimes or, uh, you know, four quarters. But comparing and contrasting, but doing it in a fun way and teaching math through uh, just the fundamentals of using pennies, nickels, quarters and dimes can go a heck of a long way. And, Kevin, I give you the job of being the banker. Four. <laughs> Play the estimation game. You're with your kids riding in a car. What time do you think we, we're going to get home? And the person who wins the extra slice of pizza is the one who gets closest to the right estimation. How many boxes does dad, uh, can dad fit in the back of the car? Write a chain letter. I would first give everyone a chance to agree on the title and what's the theme, and then give each child a page to write in this chain story. That, without question, is going to foster creativity, and there's going to be a lot of giggles and silliness that also accompanies that project. Choose a weekly science theme. 
every week find out what your kids find interesting. Maybe they saw, maybe one of your kids found a mold, a piece of mold on a piece of bread. And they're questioning, Daddy, what is this? Or maybe it's the mailman's route. When is he going to come and drop off the mail today? Hmm. Pick a theme, a science theme, and everybody has to do two things. They have to put in their notebook what they observe. So part one is observation. And then part two is doing the research. Find someone interesting in your family or especially in your line of work, the people that you meet, you interview, and see if you can get them to be available for your kids to interview and maybe Mm. even be a mentor for your child. Maybe you know a veterinarian or a furniture maker or a physicist. All of those, all of the above would be fascinating. And do at least one do-it-yourself hands-on project as a family a week. Make a birdcage, garden. But it's math, it's problem solving, and it's hand-eye coordination. Kevin, your thoughts? No, I love this. And uh, we have already started playing versions of the estimation game on uh, some of our road trips and so forth. Uh, And, you know, getting them to use those skills in the uh, funner parts of life uh, is is really kind of cool. And it's fun to watch them get it, kind of get, you know, plug it in, use what they've learned uh, and figure things out. And it makes them want to figure out more. So uh, yes. I would say that, you know, finding just even a few of these things helpful may lead to even more fun down the road if you're able to uh, stand it. But uh, Shelly Goldberg, thank you so much for always bringing us such good stuff. We appreciate you being here. Thank you, Kevin. Remember, you parents, got- grandparents, you can do it yourself. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and I believe that ultimately the parent is the number one educator, no matter what school they go to, whether it's home, private, parishional, uh, public, uh, etc. It's it's you, mom and dad. You're the one. You're the primary teacher of all things important in life. Coming right back, Kevin McCullough. Don't go away.